Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Thanks for being here today. We're finishing our month on prosperity using the book, The Greatest Secret of All, of Mark Allen's. I want to do just the briefest recap of the month that we've had so far. Well, we've covered a variety of topics. We started out with the idea of having the end vision in mind, that picture of our lives at at their peak, at their best, maybe five years out, maybe three years out, that idea of what we'd really like to see and feel in our hearts as a, as a new improved way of living. And so that was the first week. The second week, because that's such a big topic, because that picture was so big, we worked on dividing it up into smaller portions through the idea of setting goals. We looked at that big picture and, and what are some initial steps we might make along that path of realizing our lives in a fuller position of love or life or business. And then week number three, we actually used affirmations, the spiritual tool of affirmations to to further work on those goals in a way that really engaged the power of manifestation, that co-creative power that we have with spirit. Today, I'm going to try to summarize and, uh, and make a bit of a left turn and talk about something completely different, but it leads me to today's joke and a problem that we might be faced with. So, sir, what is the secret of your success? A reporter asked a famous entrepreneur. Two words, he replied, and asked the interviewer, well, the words are right decisions. And how do you make the right decisions? Oh, one word. And what is that? Experience. And how do you get experience? Oh, we're back to two words. Wrong decisions. (laughs) And so I'd like to reassure you, challenge you, but also reassure you, that we're talking about newness here. We're talking about embarking upon a new version of yourself. Now, a better version, right? A a version with more love, a version with more life, a a version with more abundance, that vision of ourselves down the road that's more more positive and, and for good reason, that vision of us exactly as our lives would unfold in love. But given that, it means newness. It means embarking upon something that's a little different. And what I know is that anytime we do something new, there's that little bit of risk involved, isn't there? There's that little bit of stretching and it feels like, well, what if I try this new thing and I fail? What if I try this new thing and it takes way longer than what I think it's going to be? Or worse yet, what if I'm striving for this goal and I get it and I don't even like it? right? Isn't that a concern sometimes too? Well, I'm really working towards this degree or I'm really working on this relationship. And and what if everything comes true and I'm dissatisfied? Well, all of these are possibilities. And the good news is you can change your mind again. The good news is the same co-creative power that we're involving in our lives to to create that world of our dreams, we can fine-tune the dreams. We can change the dream if it's not suitable, if it's more complicated than what we like. If, if there's something about it that isn't suiting, that isn't the end, that isn't a failure. It's simply something that needs to be worked on further. 
And so I do want to both caution you and at the same time embolden you. When we do new things, the chance of a, a, a short-term failure go up. They do. They go up. And we have to take that in stride and not lose sight of that end vision, not lose sight of what might be greater love, greater life, greater joy for us, and simply take another step, take another risk. Do we have any uh, self-knowledgeable kind of people who like to control things in the room? (laughs) Oh, I'm going to be the only one. Oh, all right. Thank you for owning up to that. Uh, For those of us who like to be in control of our destiny, that can be awkward, right? Because part of trying new things is going off the edge. It's stepping out into something that isn't guaranteed, that's a little bit out of our control. So, so, so to summarize all that we've learned about this law of manifestation is to say, I might not get it right the first time, and that's okay. I'm worth the trying for something new. I'm worth the effort for something new, and I can make changes to that as I go along. All right, now on to the rest of the book. So the last segment of the book, for those of you who are following along, didn't it take a left turn? You were expecting more advice on how to manifest your dreams. And the last chapter of the book, the last segment of the book, reveals the greatest secret of all. So let me read from the book. This is the greatest secret of all, loving and serving yourself and others is the key to fulfillment, happiness, and inner peace. So the greatest secret of all of manifestation is loving and serving yourself and others. I had to really think about that. Now this is prosperity month and suddenly we've, we've ratcheted through a complete other gear into loving and serving ourselves and others. How are those connected? I had to really think about this for a minute, and it reminded me of an experiment that they did down at UCLA about 20 years ago with some college students. And I'll, I'll do my best to portray the little test that they did. So they set them up in two groups of people, and the actual written directions that they handed the students were exactly the same, the same rules, the same instructions for both group of students. The only thing that was different was one group of students, they said, this is a competitive exercise, whereupon if you follow the rules, one or more of you can really come out ahead. And the other one, again, the actual written rules, exactly the same. This is a cooperative exercise, where one or more of you can get ahead. So really the only difference was just the smallest phrasing. This is a competitive exercise. This is a cooperative exercise. Okay, so now you need to know a little bit about the rules. So it's one of those funny horse trading sort of games where people get money and people can trade for things, but people can also be deceitful and lie, and in theory, they would get ahead. But if you actually read through the directions, you would discover that there was a way that everyone would get the maximum amount of money and the team would even get a bonus money to split between them. All you had to do was just be open to reading the rules with that idea of the open mind and the open heart and you would discover, oh my gosh, all we have to do is this and everyone will get the maximum and a bonus. Guess what happened? 
the competitive group in almost every circumstance did not see that opportunity. Instead, one or two members got the bulk of the money, not the maximum money, but the lion's share of the money, and the other members got nothing. It was simply because they were going at it from the view of competition. So the other group of people, it was interesting. It wasn't 100%. Even the group that was told it was cooperative, still, some of them viewed it as competition. And so, so many of the group twos also didn't stumble upon the big opportunity, but many of them did. Many of them, just because they were looking at it as cooperative, that word cooperation, did read through the directions and noticed that opportunity for them to all get the maximum plus a bonus. Okay, so how does this relate to the idea of manifestation? First of all and foremost, it's the position of the open heart. It's the position of having that opening that all might benefit. That idea that we're all in this together, that, that perspective of unity, that ideal of cooperation rather than competition that allows us to see beyond what's stated and actually see the opportunities in life. And so having that open heart is actually connected to our abundance, to our ability to see opportunities, to the ability to work with other people and create something even grander, even more powerful than what we would be able to do on our own. The finale of the book really is about prosperity, but it's about achieving it through having the open heart that ability to see ourselves and others all profiting. So what are some of the ways that we can move into this? We've talked about a variety of spiritual practices over this month, and I'd like to highlight four more of them today that you can use to help elevate that position of the open heart. The first one is so simple, and yet I think we often overlook it, and it's simply the practice of giving and receiving. Now, I know we almost have it set up so that throughout the year, we're going to be forced to give and receive in, in a way, if you think about it, right? We have birthdays, we have anniversaries, we have these hallmark occasions where, where something is kind of expected. So we have that expectation around the greeting cards and maybe little gifts at anniversaries and things like that. That's almost built into our society. But how many of us actually spend a little bit of time figuring out how to delight someone that matters to us. Did you even see my voice starting to smile when I said that? Right? That opportunity just to delight someone else with a, a small gift or a, a small remembrance. Can you picture in your own mind someone that you really care about and just the, the pleasant activity of thinking of a, a way of interacting with them or a gift or a card or a message that, that would uniquely target them in a way that opens your heart and opens their heart? Do you see how your heart opened just in that simple exercise? Well, this is the nature of giving and receiving. And of course, where there's giving... There has to be receiving, right? So all of us likewise are advised that when a gift comes our way, what do we do? We graciously receive it. If someone offers us a compliment, we don't say, oh, 
oh no, that wasn't that good. That, that whole humble thing. No, it's like, put a smile on your face and say, thank you. What a blessing. Cause it is in the giving and in the receiving that the law of prosperity is activated. When you give things away, things will come back to you. When your heart opens and you let people know how you feel about them, it's not a one-way exchange. Everyone's heart is open. In fact, even the people around you's heart will be open, even if they don't know who you are. Have you ever been in a situation before where you were having a conversation uh, with friends, and but it's in a public space, and suddenly you notice everyone is is like looking over? Well, it's they want what you have, right? <laughs> it's they're seeing people in love with each other, and they want that. And so the idea of the open heart is so infectious, so powerful. And when we work it through the idea of giving and receiving, and it doesn't matter what it costs, it doesn't even matter what it is, it's that delight that comes about in figuring out what a, what a gift or a remembrance would be. And it's the delight in someone just graciously receiving it. Oh my gosh, it, it sets forward that law of attraction so that more love and more life and more joy is returned to the giver and the receiver. Another spiritual practice that we don't talk about as often, but I think works the same way, is tithing. Now, in the olden days, tithing was a tax, and so the idea of a tithe, uh, I think, has a bad rep. But if instead you think of it the way we do in the science of mind, as simply a gift to bless the spiritual source and the spiritual teaching and a gift that likewise can be freely given, you'll see that what you're doing is really blessing your community. You're blessing the teaching going out to, to help other people. The idea of regular giving to your spiritual center or your spiritual source likewise opens the heart because it's a free gift and it's a gift that you know is of benefit to everyone. That freely given gift. A third spiritual practice that you might have is something that's a little harder. The spiritual practice is forgiveness. Now think about someone or some time when there was something that you were having trouble forgiving. Maybe someone treated you poorly. Maybe someone was in your face. Maybe you were treated badly around a job or a relationship or something like that. Well, the natural thing, of course, is that our heart contracts. We don't want to be hurt again. I totally get the, the natural reaction is, you stay away from me. I'm not going to be hurt again. I totally get that. And it's appropriate. One of the reasons we have that feeling is to make ourselves safe so that something bad doesn't happen again. Totally appropriate. But what happens when that feeling, what happens when that closed heart is there 10 days later, 10 weeks later, 10 months later, 10 years later. Do you see the trouble with this? All this time, our, our heart to a degree has remained closed to other opportunities, closed to other relationships, closed to the, some of the newness that we've been desiring. Forgiveness, what you're doing is you're letting your own heart off the hook. It has very little actually to do with the other person. 
It has more to do with your own heart. Now, do you have to forgive what happened? Are you saying, well, suddenly I condone that bad behavior? No, not at all. Not at all. But you need to open your heart up again. You need to live fully again. What you're really saying is, I'm not going to allow that other person or that other situation to set up residency in my own heart, keeping me down. This is self-preservation. This is self-love. If you love yourself, we have to let ourselves off the hook of harboring that resentment. Forgiveness is a key. And again, you don't have to forgive what happened, but energetically you need to make the gift of forgiveness. Does it mean you're inviting that person back into your life again? Does it mean you're going to risk another encounter with that person? doesn't have to mean that at all. You can write a forgiveness letter and then put it in the fireplace. The idea is I'm letting myself off the hook. I'm no longer going to harbor that resentment. I'm no longer going to have that feeling of ill will or revenge. I'm going to let all that go because my heart is more important than that negativity. Are we on board with that? Some of you are are giving me the oh holy heck look. (laughs) And I get that. I get that, especially when someone has done something just despicable. I'm not suggesting you open yourself up to that happening again by any means. And yet, and yet it is through forgiveness that you can begin to take your own life back. The last spiritual practice that I want to talk about is a very sweet one, and it's one that I've had uh, for a number of years, and, and really it's some form of gratitude practice. Now, mine takes the form of a gratitude journal, and it's been my great pleasure for almost 10 years now just to have a little journal by the side of the bed, and I simply write down before I go to sleep at night five things uh, for that day that I was grateful. And of course, some days the list is much bigger than that. Uh, every once in a while, I'm struggling to get that fifth thing down. <laughs> It's okay. The idea of it is when we open our heart and remember some of the beautiful things that happen during the day, we're even inviting our subconscious and our dream life to open into that open-hearted position where, where miracles can happen, where all kinds of business opportunities are born, where greater love in our life comes about. And I also think it's impossible to both be grateful for something and to harbor a resentment at the same time. So almost by definition, when you count your blessings, when you are grateful, the heart opens without you even thinking about it. Now, what might that look like for you all? I do a gratitude journal, but I also know people who simply make a point throughout the day to notice all the many things that they're grateful for. They'll notice the the frost on people's roofs this morning and and how it glinted in the early morning sunlight and how beautiful that is. They'll they'll be grateful that their, their car is 10 years old and got them here absolutely fine with no hiccups. They'll be grateful to meet their, their friends and loved ones here at the service and, and, and enjoy the, the fellowship and, and the kindness that we have with each other. We'll be grateful for the treats after the service or the connection circle that we might go to. So it doesn't even have to be a practice where, you know, at 10 o'clock every night I sit down and do my gratitude. It can be something that you carry with yourselves throughout the day. 
all it takes is just that awareness of what a blessing we're living in the midst of. Now, I know that sometimes that can be a challenge, and not all of our days move forward in general bliss. I wish it were true, and often it's true, but I would suggest that even on a day when we're challenged, there are things in it to be grateful for. The other day, I was standing in line at, uh, at Winco, and I happened to hit it right when they were changing checkers, and so I... You know, so I'm waiting in line and it's a change of the cash drawer and then a change of the person. And then the person in front of me had some item that they didn't know the code for. And and so at first I'm impatient and then I started smiling a little bit. It's like, well, okay, so, you know, it's going to be whatever it is. And so I finally get up there and everything is on the belt and it runs out of tape. (laughs) And she doesn't have any more tape, (laughs) right? And so we're both laughing. She says, you are so patient. You have just been here like longer than probably your shopping trip. You've, You've been in line and you've kept your sense of humor. Bless you. And so she helped me put all of my things off of the belt back into the cart and we went to another checkout stand. But you know what? It's like, what a blessing she was to have her sense of humor and to invite the two of us to make it an exchange that was lovely instead of adversarial. We have that power, you know. We have that power. So often we're set up into that idea of competition, like the students at UCLA that take it for granted that for one person to win, someone else has to lose. That in order for me to have the open heart and to get what I want, someone else has to be living in misery and not getting what they want. Well, I'm here to tell you that is just not true. It's 90% the attitude that we bring to our lives that will guarantee that our heart can remain open. And so when, even when you're in the midst of a situation that looks not a whole lot like gratitude, even when you're in a situation that maybe is wanting you to, to form a resentment about something that has happened or looks like it might happen, you're actually still in control of that. You still have the power either to not build that resentment up or you have the power to begin doing instant forgiveness. I forgive myself for being pissed off. I forgive you for just being in the middle of my stuff today. (laughs) I forgive life for presenting this day in all of its glory and tragedy, right? And I will focus on the glory and I will minimize the tragedy because I have that power. So to summarize today, we've uncovered the greatest secret of all. It's to be loved. It's to love. It's to be of service. It's to have that open heart. It's to move through life with that ability to see in everyone and everything that glimmer of truth, that glimmer of love, that willingness to participate and cooperate without assuming that we're at war with each other, without making some radical assumption that someone has to lose in order for us to have our way. Instead, cooperation, instead, seeing in the face of another, another version of ourselves. 
The other thing that the book mentions in this week's material, a quote from the New Testament, from John 13. Well, you'll remember in the Old Testament, Moses came down from the mountain with Ten Commandments. And uh, Jesus, as he was getting ready to leave the planet, created an eleventh commandment. And this he left to his disciples and said that they must treat this as another commandment. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. There is only this one thing. I I call it spirit. I call it God. I call it Allah. I call it Yahweh. It is this, this thing that is all things. Every person, every place, everything, every situation, everything a part of this divinity of a whole, the universe in its entirety. And because of that, I know that there's a connection. I know that my consciousness is part of God's consciousness. I know that my life, my love, my joy, my peace, all of it is part of those, those same corresponding senses of what God is. And so I have the, the full keys to the kingdom here. It is my life expressing and God expressing through it. And so I can depend upon God for that love, for that joy, for that peace, for that abundance, for that equanimity. And as I share that truth with others, the world blossoms in cooperation. We let aside this idea of one against the other and instead we enlist one another to find that place of joy, of peace, and of love. So I claim for each person here that willingness to love and to serve both ourselves, our family, and our community. A willingness to see beyond some of the traditional roles of competition and embrace that idea of we're all in this together, that we can all achieve more together than we ever could as individuals. And so for this awareness, I give great thanks I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself, that law that says yes to love, that law that says yes to service. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. 
allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.